When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. Where else would you rather be than with your Steelers family trying to figure out how what's going on with this team? How are they going to try to put one together against the last undefeated team in the NFL? What happened on Sunday night? All those things. Let's just, we can enjoy the misery together. But it helped to help me enjoy this misery. With me as always, well, except for that one time he wasn't, is my big brother, Rich. <laughs> How's it going tonight, Rich? I love the enjoy this misery. Um, you know what? I'm tired of not being able to breathe after games where we had every opportunity to just breathe it in. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Hey, I've got to give a disclaimer here to start. I had to give the same disclaimer on the, not the same, a different one. On, on the preview, I hope I have a good connection. I'm not as wired in as I normally am, but after the after the Steelers preview Thursday night where I sounded like, I don't know if I sounded like I was in a tin can or if I was in the can um, because I haven't been able to finish the room that's my office. Uh, I'm, I'm doing what I can here. Uh, I got a my, – my dog is in much better earshot so uh, you might hear some barking and everything, and my connection might possibly go out. But you know what? You then you get who you're really here for, and that would be more big bro, right, Rich? Well, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, that's what you're here for. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's get into a couple things. There's some. We'll get into Coach Tom's press conference because that's what we do on Tuesdays because that's the news. Um, there's something with the way the press conference started that's really irking me, and it's the title of the show, so I'm going to skip over that to hit up some other things with it first. Um, there was some very different takes on what Coach Tomlin had to say about the players that are on IR. Um, Jeff was wondering if he meant to say KZ instead of Austin when he said they weren't going to be returning this week, what he said about Austin and Watts didn't even mention DeMonte KZ, who had his 21-day window started last week. But Calvin Austin the third, his 21-day window is finishing tomorrow if you're with us here live. And I figured that out because enough other people said it. And I'm going to add, you're a numbers guy. You're a numbers guy, too. You're a math guy. If he started practice on a Wednesday, shouldn't the 21 days be done on Tuesday? Yes. So in other words, they don't start – day one is not day one. Day one is the day after when he starts, like 24 yeah. hours later. Yeah. So to me, it would have had to have been today that they had to activate him. But apparently, it's being widely reported by everyone else that it's tomorrow that that's the way they do it. I don't care how they do it as long as you know. But that's just kind of been something that's bugged me a little bit because to me, if you come back and start practicing on a Wednesday, that should be day one. But they don't do it that way. They don't have it that way. So they have until Wednesday at 4 p.m. to put him on the active roster, or he goes on IR for the season, supposedly. But that's not a guarantee either, because if he's healthy and says that they're ready to play, they could they could push the push the issue, him and his agent with the NFLPA or just with the Steelers, that hey, you didn't activate me. I'm healthy, I'm ready to play, and they could force them to release him where they could then sign him back to the to the practice squad. They would have to wait a certain time. You know, I don't know if, if it's at the end of the 21-day window, if they have to do uh, – well, because he wasn't waived, if there would be a, a, a an injury settlement. I'm not sure how that works with the end of the 21-day window. But to me, I, I don't know how injured Calvin Austin the third is, but what created all this controversy – and I'm sorry that I'm talking so much to set this up for you – 
is that Coach Tallman was saying that he's not in he's not in the plans this week, so, which led people to believe that he's they're going to keep him on season ending IR. Just because he's not in the plans doesn't mean that they don't make the move to put him on the fifty three. They can put him on the fifty three and have him inactive for the game. Right. I think he's going to end up on the roster tomorrow, but I also think I'm going to be writing about him being on the inactive list on Sunday. Is that what you take from it, or, or did you get some other impression? No, good. That's probably what will end up happening. Yeah. See, like, like I said to Jeff, and I think I even said it on the podcast. He can be ready yeah. and be ready to be on the 53, but if he's not ready to step on the field quite yet, then you bring him on the 53 and you have him inactive. Yeah, and that's why there was no way they were going to bring him back before the, you know, last week, because I don't think they would have had him active. And then the question is, who does he replace? They can't keep an extra receiver. They have to make a move with one of the receivers. I think they've got to say goodbye to Gunnar O. Um, believe it or not, though, that's part of the reason there wasn't a whole lot said about it today. Because yes. if you start saying much about it today, then you then, then it's, the who's questions gonna, start who, getting who's exactly, and yeah. you're not getting into all that. So it's easier just to deflect and not deal with it. Yeah, and let Tomlin take all the questions on it at, after the decision is finalized and everything's done. Yeah, but but the thing is, see, and then then someone asked a question: Is uh, why would they take him off IR and start his twenty one day window? Honestly, because he wasn't going to get any better not practicing. Yeah, you needed to start letting him practice because when he was on IR, he can't practice. You start that twenty one day window, they are back, and it's basically having an extra player on the roster for practice is what you get. So that's why you start the window. And but now, because if you're not practicing, how do you how is he ever going to get ready to play? So it's all all about practicing. So you're like, well, what if you just leave him on IR for the rest of the season? Well, then he can't practice anymore. Dude, we're talking about practice, but that's what he needs. I mean, he's ever and I think Coach Tomlin, like I said, I used my you know, Mike Tomlin seeker decoder ring to figure all this out. Um, that that's in essence, that's what I felt when you say. I mean, he even specifically said up or down, active or inactive. He's not part of the plan, which means all these, you know, media and fan narratives. Cause I think coach Tom's getting frustrated with the media because I mean, if the fans think one thing and that's what social media does, then it has the media, you know, bringing things out that would they have brought these things up before? If there wasn't so many fans, you know, with the, with the media hearing what the fans are saying, I don't know. But bottom line is, it's not like Calvin Austin III is going to come back and, and be some savior of this offense no. right now. And that's what he's what Coach Tom is squashing. And I, I think you brought up the point that I didn't even think about was you don't do that to the guy that he's going to be replacing on the roster right now. Correct. That's why you don't talk about it. That's that's my big bro. I think that even that made look, even better. Because look, tell me that there aren't players in the locker room that are thinking, oh my gosh, when he brings CA3 back, who's going? Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the other thing. How in, I mean, he didn't mention uh, Steven Sims on the injury report this week, although he missed last week. Mm-hmm. Part of me is almost like, you know, maybe they gave Gunner sh- another shot with Sims being out to say, hey, Sims look good. Hey, Gunner, this is kind of your chance to show us what you can do. If not, there's no reason to have Gunner Olszewski active if Sims is good, your return guy. Yeah. Because if you put Gunner on the field, unless it's the two-minute offense at the very end of the game, you know it's a run play. They always run the ball when he's on the field. Not necessarily with him, but it's a run play. Um, un- un- Until he was out there at the end of the game when they were obviously running two minutes. Um, So to me, if you're not going to have him active, one, you're not going to want to get rid of your fourth-round draft pick, and it's going to save you a little money with the roster spot a little bit, That's not, but not really enough. But uh, – that's just kind of how it is. But that was a big topic today. Anything else you want to say about CA3? No. Yeah. I mean, because Tom didn't talk enough about it. To me, it's mm-hmm. – I'm waiting for tomorrow. You know, yeah. that, that came up. Okay, we'll find out, and then we can talk about it. Yeah. But we don't know exactly what they're going to do with him. Yeah. Um, and who – if they bring him to the active 53, what who might – go you know what yeah. let's just wait let it let's go ahead let it play and out well which is the same thing that coach tom's doing he's like yeah i'm not going to talk about it i'm going to let it play out and then i'll talk about it yeah well yeah let it play out then talk about it but i mean 
you know, some people are like, well, maybe, maybe it's Miles Boykin. That guy is just he's he's the gunner of gunners on the special teams. He offers more to the Steelers. The Steelers don't need both Steven Sims and Gunnar Olszewski. That's why one of them are going to be an active each week. The only reason that both of them were active against the Buccaneers is because they why why taking that helmet away from one more player than what you need to. Although right. the Steelers did that once. That still frustrated me. Had <laughs> more players at active than they needed I know, to be. I remember that. Oh, uh, that was week one. Was that last year, week one, or the year before? One of those. It, uh, anyway, hey, first class organization. <laughs> um, um, clerical error. <laughs> yeah, clerical error. It was the cut and paste element was the cut and paste element. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, um, you know, then then if you throw Calvin Austin the third into that. It's going to be really hard to even get him a helmet to get him out there unless he's going to come out as your kick returner, and I don't even know that they're going to have him do that. You might, He might end up practicing it on the 53-man roster, but you might not even see him at all active this year unless there's an injury. It, it just might be what it is. Right. It's just yeah. right. Because they yeah. may not want to risk any more injury to him having yeah. him be the return man right now. They may say, we'll ride with what we got. He's never returned an NFL kick. Right. He's never played an NFL snap. To think that he's going to come in and be the returner over either one of those guys is 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 kind of like a, a fool's fan narrative to think that he's ready for that because he's never done anything in an actual NFL real game setting to show that he's the guy. You saw what what Steven Sims did on a kick return or a punt return, return when he was healthy. Um I, you know, you also saw Gunnar Rowe put it on the on the field twice. That's why I think he's the guy that's going to go. Um, but we've talked about this enough, haven't we? Yeah. Hey, yeah. I got I got a comment I want to bring up, not because I okay. necessarily want to talk about it now, but I do want to talk about it later. Okay. So I want to bring it up now, real quick, and just let. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Cuda seventy. I really hope Matt can't, Matt C opens up the playbook this week. We have nothing to lose. <laughs> Maybe the problem is he's kept it shut the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no you, you love analogies right yeah all right you know um yeah maybe, maybe yeah matt canada is is ready for this big book project and he was supposed to to read something like the yeah the book is to be something like the grapes of wrath mm-hmm. but instead we have you know Curious George. Curious George. Oh, we, in, all, in, in, uh, in terms of what is written in there, and the fact that his book just don't have that many pages. <laughs> just don't have that many. Um, <laughs> I was trying to, to to think of a of of a classic novel and a children's book that's very similar in title um, that would that would make that more comical, but I can't think of one off the top. Yeah, of I was my trying head. to off the top of my okay. head too, and I um, one. Yeah, that's why I went with you know. Yeah, so I I I and I know what you mean. Um, that uh, yeah, see, because right now all I can think of is is my daughter studying the Odyssey. Um, so I was going to try to think of something there, but uh, I, it's escaping me. But yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, that's we'll get to plenty of that talk because yeah, how about, how about this one? Point. John Knox is George <laughs> great. That works. I don't know if that's a real book or not, but it works. That's exactly what we were looking for, John. Thank you. Um, so, uh, so yeah, sorry. thank you. I haven't looked at the live wow. chat at all yet. I got to get back into looking at that. I just have as we go. I just happened to glance at mm-hmm. both of those. Yeah. And just, okay. Oh, there are people are coming John, up with some good ones, but we, we can't bring them all up. No, <laughs> uh, that, that that's pretty good stuff. Any, I'm trying to think of anything else from the press conference. Um, injuries. It's funny. He mentioned Levi Wallace and the shoulder, and he mentioned, I'm pretty sure it was a groin for Josh Jackson, who didn't even play on defense in the game. Um, and then said about Jackson, it being that if you see him on the report early in the week is what I mean with him, but he didn't specify that for Levi Wallace, which makes me think that Levi Wallace is probably not playing this week. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe I read that wrong, but that was once again, using my Mike Tomlin decoder ring. That's the, that's the, the impression I was getting, but I wasn't sure that Levi Wallace really played on Sunday night either. If you sometimes I I feel like, (laughs) sorry, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't good. Sometimes I feel like I can use my, um, Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin decoder ring 
when it comes to just Mike Tom talking stuff in general and stuff in terms of, you know, um, personnel moves. The place I'm terrible with my with my decoder ring is actually the injury report. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. That sometimes you just don't know what to say. But there was no mention of Akilo Witherspoon. There was no mention of anything with Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton only played half the defensive snaps. So I don't know if that yeah, was no. easing him back in. I don't know if that was philosophy. I don't I don't know what it was. James Pierre played one more snap than what Cam Sutton did. Um, but James Pierre was doing a nice shot. And James Pierre was questionable. He yeah. was the one who was questionable. And then that status was removed on Saturday. So that that's what so you ready to dive into this into this to, into this topic because uh yeah, did we get through all the news from the I mean, other than this that I want to say, there was some other things okay. he said in the press yeah, conference. Say, nothing else is standing out to me, what he said. So, yeah. So, so than- we've got plenty of articles on it there in the, in the, um, uh, on behindthestillcurtain.com, your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. There you, go. you were stumbling there. I thought I was yeah. going to have to pick you up. Well, sorry. I, I still have all this pressure behind my eyeballs right now with some sinus pressure. It's my, my, I think my voice is getting a little bit better, but I will get a scratch in there and I'll have to drink some water. Uh, you'll have to bail me out hey, if I start coughing. Hey, um, hey, as Coach Solomon would say, we we don't make excuses. <laughs> no, no, we, no. We, we don't. We don't live in our fears. Oh, I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. I don't send messages. I just make moves. <laughs> Okay. That's all we care one. about, Dave. We we don't care about your ailments and all this stuff. We are only looking for one thing: mm-hmm. results. Let's well, but you, you know, when you've just got all that pressure, you know what happens to your throat. You know exactly what happens, right? Hey, hold on, I'll tell you what happens. Everybody else gets a little tight. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what's wrong. So, <laughs> sorry, I'll uh, complain that all the time. So just couldn't resist. But the title of the show is How Fragile Is the Steelers Offense? And you wanted to go a different route with that not being fragile. I'm going to talk about no, the fragility. I, of it. No. Okay. It is for uh, you know I, I I've kind of shifted here a little bit. It, it is fragile, but in a very specific way. So we can both kind of talk about how yeah. we see it as as that. I'll be interested okay. to see how close we are. Well, I, I went a little bit on a rant on the what a place that I'm not supposed to just rant. And that was on the podcast earlier today of the Mike Tomlin press conference recap. So you're going to get the full rant here. So if you listened to that earlier, sorry if I repeat myself at all, but I didn't get to say nearly what I wanted to say. And this was the beginning of Mike Tomlin's press conference. He said something that when you think about it, Steelers fans are like, yeah, that's right. That's right. But the more I'm sitting and dwelling on it, the angrier I get about it. And this is what you're going to go. I'm going to try to to find the exact spot to read it because he says he starts with a synopsis of the last performance, as I always do. Um, He said, um, he said, or to summarize it in one line, I'd say they took advantage of their interception opportunities and we didn't. That's what he said following the game. In further analysis, that's still probably my high-level perspective on it. Obviously, there's a lot of variables at play in terms of determining winning and losing, but the turnover component of the game being as significant as it is, putting offenses on short fields and things of that nature, increasing the probability of scoring, I just thought that was significant. Another reason I thought that was significant is that's one of the things we stressed in in game prep, that we should get our hands on some balls, potentially in play, and the quality of our play would be defined by whether or not we were able to catch them as a defense or not, and we weren't. So there are consequences of that. I get that. When I did my game-changing moment article for the website following the game, it because it was a night game, it came out on on um, on Monday morning. Yep. It was four offensive things and one defensive thing. But the defensive thing I said was the four four or more dropped interceptions. And I put them all together in one because I didn't know that one was more weightier than the other. I didn't want to choose between them. And then there was four offensive things. Now, that kind of made that defensive. Luckily, it didn't win because the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, it's really one of the other ones because the other ones were um, the penalties on the on the third and one, um, the third, third and three, and then or sorry, not third, third and three, third and six and third and 16. Then it was the second interception, which was the first one um, of, of the fourth quarter where the Steelers were dry on, on that third and 16 play. And then I broke the final play into two different moments, the decision not to run 
and then throwing the interception, what ultimately changed the game. So I looked at all those, and the more I thought about that, and people were talking about it, they're like, I can't pick the dropped interceptions because I'm not putting this on the defense. And the more I got thinking about Coach Tomlin's words today, I'm like, you know what? The offense had seven possessions in the second half. Every single one of those possessions, they were down by six points. A touchdown takes the lead. Seven possessions. And do you know what they did with those seven possessions? Nothing. 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 And Coach Tomlin wants to point out the fact that the Steelers didn't finish their interceptions to give the offense a shorter field. You know what the defense did for the offense? Held them to they 16 kept, points. They kept them a one in within one possession the entire second half. Every opportunity the Steelers had to keep the Dolphins off the scoreboard in the second half, they did it. One of them was after an interception late in the game. The return goes into, into Steelers' territory. If the Steelers give up a first down, they take a knee. If they give up a first down on the first play and then hold them, I mean, they'd have to give up the first down on the third on the third down play to then take a knee. If they would have done it sooner, it wouldn't. It would have happened too early to run out the clock. If they if they do it on it, you know, if they do it on a, on the first down play, they 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 run for a first down and then they hold them for three. They kick a field goal to make it a two score game. The Steelers kept them from getting 10 yards and made them punt and gave the offense another chance after throwing the interception. And the complaint's going to be after making that stop that on the third down play, they didn't make the interception that on one of the other plays, they didn't make the interception that they didn't make the interception at the end of the first half, which would have taken away three points. I think the first one might've taken away three points. I agree. Those would have been huge. They would have been huge, but everything else they did was enough. Everything else they did was enough. And the offense let them down. And to say that the defense should have done even more because they had a chance. Do you know what the Steelers all offense had a chance to do? Win. Score, yeah. Score a touchdown on the next to last play or even get the freaking field goal and then score a touchdown and get or get a tied field goal in the last possession of the game. They let themselves down. The defense didn't let them down. And is Matt Canada that fragile of a coach that you have to set him up with a defensive score or a special team's return to the 12-yard line in order for the offense to get enough points to win a freaking game? It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. And that's why I say the offense is too fragile. Okay, there we go. You can talk that, Rich. I ranted a lot. <laughs> The, the offense is fragile. Okay. More specifically, the offensive scheme is fragile. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if fragile is even the word I want to use. It, it's. the the I'm wanting to say not enough. And when I say not enough is honestly. Yeah. I don't think this offense has enough plays in it. Yeah. The no, passing I know. game. I bet you anything they game, do. I just don't think they use them. The passing game doesn't have enough routes. No. Well, I, I, I'll agree with that. Why in the world are using them? Does, I, I, I mean, do we not have routes where receivers can catch the ball on the run? Yeah. Do we not do do we not run any routes where receivers can catch the ball on the run? Have we really seen our receivers catch a ball all year on the run and be able to put up yak? The the best you saw from that, what I would have to say was a third and sixteen pass to Chase Claypool against the Buccaneers that was four yards shy of the sticks. But he was able. But he was hit on the run to yep. keep moving forward and to get past the sticks. And the next closest one probably was the thirty-yard pass to George Pickens the other night. Yeah, you know that, that there's there's not a lot of passes of 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 hitting players. Like I, I missed the quick slants. 
I yep. mean, even I mean, I, I think of last year. Was it what game was it? It might have been two years. I can't remember where it was. Where where the, you hit Deontay Johnson on a quick slant and he just busted all the way down inside the red zone on on a play where where they thought that the Steelers might be running because they're trying to run out the clock. Was that against the Ravens and one of them? I don't remember. I can't remember. But he and and he and he does that. I, I, it it doesn't even matter. But I, I, you're right. I miss some of those things. Uh, I, I'm going to bring this up. You're right. Where, where hey, are the Felicia? Slant, where are the slants? Where are the skinny posts? Yeah. Where are where are you know? Okay. F- Even Felicia. The I mean, how many times were the Steelers getting burned by by Tyreek Hill catching the ball in the middle of the field on what was set up to be a full cross? Yeah. Of the field, a catch the ball. At least he's on the move and can maybe outrun somebody or make somebody miss. Yeah. So, all right. Since I brought it up, I got it. Hey, Felicia uh, says, when you're a hammer, everything is a nail. Mike T is a defensive coach. All he sees is defense. You know what? That's a good no, point. Not, you know what? But here, here, here's going to be my point to that. If all he sees is defense, then why is he a head coach and not a defensive coordinator? That's a good point. Um, if you want to be a head coach in the NFL, you have to see both sides of the ball. But, Okay. At the, no, at the, the same time, example. they spend all their money on defense. They talk about the elite defense and everything else. So I understand that, yes, you can focus on the strength of your team being stronger. But my thing is, is as, as I feel like, you know, take the freaking training wheels off the offense. Take the binky out of their mouth and stop babying them and make them act and hold them accountable for scoring 10 points. And say, and it shouldn't be they only got 10 points because we didn't force enough turnovers, didn't take the ball away enough to score more points. Pop, pop out the binky and make them play big boy football. And if and if your offensive coordinator can't work without a binky, then send them back to the baby football league. You're not saying anything <laughs> I don't agree with here because let me tell you, because it's <laughs> Sorry, you got into that, and I had some, <laughs> I had some place I was going to go. Oh, and no, we have sense. a lot of things we want to talk was, about here. I was trying, no, but it was along those same lines. It's yeah. the well, you know, you can talk about other. You have to have both sides of the football. Okay, we need to be using our offense as a weapon, but mm. right now we're treating our offense as a liability. Yeah, our we have too many weapons on that side of the football. For it to be a liability, yeah. Why don't we turn it loose and be what it's yeah, and go on offense? Let's attack. We're yeah. not attacking teams on offense. We're just trying to not screw it up. That's not winning football. That's loser football. Yeah. He didn't kill us mentality, like they had with their treaty offense, like they are the Duck Hodges offense. I mean, look at how they started the game. I, w- I was on a podcast earlier tonight with uh, with with a, a podcast out of Philly. If you're interested in that one, uh, I'll be tweeting some stuff out about it later. My Twitter, it's here on the screen. If you want to see it, STLR Superfan Dad. Um, that I, I don't have the info right now because it's I, I don't know that they've they've released the podcast yet. But that was one of the things I was I was saying there is is that now I can't remember what it was. What were we talking about? <laughs> I'm so flustered about it. I was um, talk I just talked about that we need to be using our offense as a weapon. It's not a liability. Yes. Okay, I got you. Now I remember what it was. The Steelers were running an offense as if they had no pass protection the first several weeks of the season. And shockingly, they actually had the pass protection. But yet they were they were so worried about that being a liability, they weren't working they 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 weren't doing anything more than treating it like a liability when it wasn't. And the thing is, you're if you want to treat Kenny Pickett like a rookie, yes, he's a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes. I get it, and I'm not, and I understand them not wanting to throw all the pressure on on the rookie quarterback, and that might be why they're babying the offense. But it's too much. It's too much because you know what you're going to do. He's not going to develop. He's not going to develop. I still think one of the biggest things that hindered Mason Rudolph 
developing into a quarterback that could have been the next person to where they wouldn't have needed a, a Mitch Trubisky. Rudolph would have been enough if they, you know, for them to, to draft a Kenny Pickett and everything of that nature. But I think they inhibited too much and kept the training wheels on too much in his opportunity in 2019. I do. Yeah. So to me, if you, if you don't give your, He's going to make the mistakes, whether you give him big opportunities to make a mistake or or a few opportunities to make the mistakes. There's still going to be mistakes. You might as well go for it. You might as well go for it. And I feel like this offense, I don't know if it's baby and Kenny Pickett, if it's baby in Matt Canada. I don't know what. It just feels like it's being babied. And that the beginning of that press conference really irked me that the defense could go out and shut down those receivers for the pretty much the rest of the game, shut them out completely in the second half. And yet the first thing that's going to be laid at it's going to first thing it's going to do is lay at the feet of the defense for not coming up with the interceptions to put the offense in a better situation. I think they put an, the offense in a perfectly fine situation for all seven of those drives by holding the Dolphins scoreless for, for, for six in a row there. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. A little bit related. Okay. Why when we win the toss, do we defer? because the offense is going to come out and run a terrible script to start and not score anyway. So you might as well hope that maybe you gain the extra possession in the second half rather than the first half. Do you know what we've done when we've taken the ball in the second half? Um, played as conservative as you would on the first possession of the first half. Oh, even more. Yeah. All we do, all we do with that deferred thing is three and out. That's all we've done this year. It's been three yeah. and outs when we've taken the ball in the second half. Yeah. You know how mad I was on, on Sunday night? But all night? they do is go three and out on the first drive if they start with the opening kickoff. So to me, to to me, I would I would use it as a defensive mechanism, if nothing else, to say, you know what? We're not going to let a team score at the end of the first half and get the ball to start the second half because the Steelers are notorious for letting teams score at the end of the first half. Now. I'm going to talk about that, and we are going to talk about that in just a moment. Um, something new that started last week is SB Nation is going to put breaks in, in in the middle of our podcast if we don't do it. So rather than make you all on the audio side have to listen to a break in the middle of a sentence, we are specifically breaking so we can give you a better product in doing so. So for those of you that are here with us on, on, on YouTube and Facebook, we're not going anywhere. We're just taking our audio break because we'll be back right after these messages. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. And we are back. Uh, for those of you that are here live, you didn't have to hear a message. And for those of you listening to an audio uh, form, I hope you stuck with us through whatever commercial you had to hear. But I was kind of getting on something about it. Uh, let's see what it, it was about the, the end of the first half. Mm -hmm. And the Steelers did give up a field goal at the end of the first half. Now that to me, that wasn't a clock management issue. There was potential to be a clock management issue, but it ended up not working that way. To me, it was a let's play a little bit soft here, and Arthur Millette kind of got burnt once or twice a little bit on passes, and that got them in field goal range. But it wasn't a timing thing, and the reason I'm going to explain that, and I, I brought up on Twitter that I was mad that the Steelers rushed and ran another play before the two-minute warning when you, when you were in scoring range and you had your timeouts. At that point, you're not wanting to go quick. You're wanting to go slow. But they ran another play. Um, but what happened is when the Steelers came out of the two-minute warning, they scored a touchdown on the very next play. 
And if the Steelers would have waited and ran the ball it's on the first play coming out of the two-minute warning and let you know the, another 35 seconds run off the clock after that before running that play, yeah, there would have been that much time less. And they're like, oh, they wouldn't have gotten a field goal range. If you go back and look at what the Dolphins did, the Dolphins let the clock run the full play clock, their very first play of their possession, and weren't yep. in a hurry-up mode. Because you know why? If they weren't going to get points, they didn't want to give the ball back to the Steelers with any time. So they played it smart to run it down, and they just would have worked it differently if they would have had less time. So that didn't matter. But the Steelers didn't defend that overly well and did give up that extra field goal there. Go ahead, Rich. I know you have lots to say. I can just tell. Nope. I don't. You don't? No. Nope. <laughs> Come on. Just trying to bring my blood pressure back down right oh, now. Oh, you're you're getting angry too. <laughs> I'm just I'm frustrated. Uh, here here's what I'm frustrated frustrated with as well as I've sat here and thought about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so with some of what we've talked about tonight, then you raise questions for me. I think I have answers, but I'm not certain, okay? Right now, I've seen plenty of it in the live chat. Matt Cannon has got to go, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? Folks, I don't know that it'll make it better, but he's ain't. it's it's not going to get very good with him either. Well, you're saying – Matt Cannon has got to go. The Steelers aren't going to get rid of him in the middle of the year. We've already talked about that. It's not really what the Steelers do, and it's not necessarily going to get better if you get rid of him, Okay. <sighs> But after this year, Matt Canada is going to be done in Pittsburgh. His contract's up. They're not going to renew it. They can't. I assume it's up. I don't know. They don't make I don't I, care. I've been, he I've been looking. I've been looking. And you normally when an assistant comes in, they give them a three-year contract. Well, Canada came in as a quarterback coach for one year and then coordinator for two. I don't know if it was a new contract beyond that, or I don't know if it was two years from there. I've, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know, know but, and I can't find it. So if anyone else out there finds when Matt Canada's contract up, I would love to know the answer. Okay, that. Matt Canada will have to go at the end of the year. Although, yeah. in some of what you raise up is, is Matt Canada still being handcuffed by Coach Tomlin saying, saying, yeah. you know, hey, you know, we got to set things up and do it so so that our offense doesn't kill us. Okay, yeah. If that is the case, then we never should have hired Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. If we were, we shouldn't have hired anybody. Coach yeah. Tomlin should have just taken it and done it. Yeah. Okay. Well, if see, you're going to handcuff your offense as much as what ours looks to would be handcuffed right now. Then, honestly, Coach Tomlin would have to go. See, if I, he's handcuffing him, Coach Tomlin would have to go because yeah. you either have an offense or you don't. And right now, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I don't know because the head coach. You have a say in everything that's happening, but I don't, I mean, I don't feel like Mike Tomlin feels he's a capable person to be an offensive coordinator. So that's why he needs one, but it doesn't mean that he can't tell him what he wants to have happen. So that's the thing about being an offensive coordinator. You're not the head coach. You don't have most of the time. You don't have free reign to just do whatever you want, because who does this responsibility ultimately come down to the head coach? I, I've I've mentioned this episode a bunch of times on shows when it was um uh it, on, on the TV show Coach that it was one time where where the the offensive coordinator um why can't I remember the the name of the coach I just remember Luther. that it's Luther yes the Luther, Luther wanted to do something he says we got to do this we got to do this do that I'll take the heat I'll take the heat if this is what we got to do and it did not work and he went to take the heat. And everyone's like, okay, well, it's good for you to take it. But ultimately, the head coach had to decide if you were going to be allowed to do it or not. And they would, and they didn't put the heat on him. They put it right back on Coach Fox, you know, because that's ultimately where it comes down to. I don't know how much – I don't know if if Coach Tomlin's saying, come on, Matt, get this going, or hey, Matt, hold on, just don't, don't – whatever. But I, Something that Coach Tomlin said today, that I said today, and he said a number of times, is another reason why I think this offense is really fragile. And I wanted to talk about this one too. And that is, Coach Tomlin is constantly talking about not getting behind the sticks. If you get behind the sticks, you're going to be in a rough situation. You know what? The Steelers actually overcame on their touchdown drive. Didn't they have a first and twenty? 
Didn't they? Yeah. Najee Harris was called for an illegal block below the waist or something, and it drove them back to a first and 20. And they overcame that. Now, you can't constantly overcome that. But I'm worried about this, and I don't know if it's Canada, Tomlin, both. I'm not sure. And that's why I say that we as fans, we don't have all the insight. I feel like the Steelers' goal on every first down is to gain one yard. And anything else is bonus. You don't want to pass because you don't want an incompletion and it be second and 10. And you definitely don't want to sack to where it's second and long. That the whole point of first down is to, is to make sure that it's not second and 10. I hate that philosophy. That's stupid. But it feels like that's what they're doing. Pe- people are complaining about how much the Steelers are running on first down. They, Yes, they did run a lot on first down. But I actually have some stats that I'm going to do on StatGeek that covers that a little bit more. Because, you know what? It's fine to run on first down if you run well. And believe it or not, the Steelers actually ran pretty decent. Okay? On first down. It was the other downs that they were terrible. So, But the Steelers also rarely run the ball on second down. Rarely. So, and, and like your, your punt, punt, pass, or sorry, punt, punt, run, run, pass, punt. T, it showed up. Uh, once to start the game. I know, but the whole, but it was to start the game. The hilarious part was calling it. Yes. Yes. Kyle called it. <laughs> and you can't do that after you just gave up a touchdown in the opening possession. If you're touching the ball down seven to nothing, you can't come out with an, you know, that should change your entire script. That's just me. Um, we came out and Kyle said, and mm-hmm. watch, we'll start with the double R, double P, yeah. and dag on it. That's what yeah. we got. So, but but it almost seems like the philosophy on first down is leave yourself with less large yards to go on second down, which, you know, and then the last yards on third down. And that to me, my last year coaching, and I know I coached high school freshman. 15 seasons ago. So it's not relatable. It's nowhere close to the level. And I don't claim to know some great stuff because of my experience, but I, I I've been there. I've called plays. I've had, I went from a team that had a great offensive line and a fantastic running back. And we just ran, 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 ran to the next year, having no size or anything on the offensive line, a good quarterback and good receivers. So we just, we just quick passed the, the daylights out of everything. You know, and when I say quick pass, we were trying to get 10 to 15 yards every pass play. And, and we were passing it every down. And do you want to know why? Because if you didn't complete the ball one first down, if you were running plays that were that you were that the goal was to get 15 yards every play, you only had to hit one out of three and you got a first down. So it's the whole notion that it's like even look at the pass plays on first down. And they might be play action because they're expecting you to run because you do so much on first down. But even on those play action passes, they're little short outs that are no more than a yard or so down uh, of a route down the field. Right. They're we're very running, we're running one short. to two yard routes that again are not catching the ball on the run. Yeah, you're it's running so fast getting... towards the sideline, you don't really have any other choice but then to go out of bounds. And you know what? I, I had that route in the in the in my repertoire. I ran it some, but it was mainly to set up what the guy on the same side of the field, if we were running double twins, was doing to to make the defender have to make a choice. But I didn't want to take that. I said, I mean, if if we take that pass play every time, it's going to be a three and out with three completions. So. It, but it's the whole notion of even when they do pass the ball first down, it's not like they're really taking big shots. No, I mean, I know they took a no, big shot. We're failing to do what I say our offense needs to be doing. Yeah. We're not attacking. Yeah. We're not attacking. And to say every once in a while that we come out and, and throw a 40-yard pass down the field, which we've completed, what, like none of this year, that's not attacking. Yeah. You know, attacking for me is anywhere, really, I'd rather see play, you know, could we try to hit some pass plays on first down that get us somewhere between five and 20 yards? Yeah. How about a pass play on first down that gives you a, just another first down? Yeah. The only time the Steelers really seem to do that is in the two minute. And look at the preseason. The only time they had success moving the ball and scoring points in the preseason was the two minute drill. Like, 
do you think maybe it might sink in a little bit that that might be what you're doing, that you're actually pushing the ball down the field a little bit more and maybe even at times work the middle of the field? I don't know. Um, I got a super chat here. I know. Before you do that, though, I will bring up that, you know, um, our father and I had a conversation on Sunday before the Steelers even played. And we were talking that we were seeing um, the, the, the only, I guess, good thing you could say about this terrible Steeler offense right now is that apparently Matt Canada must have some other offensive coordinator buddies in the league mm-hmm. that they're all hanging out together because I'm seeing some of the same things from some other teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, this is some of the philosophy going on around the NFL. But at the same time, the thing that bothers me the most is 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 when you see a play, and Coach Tom was asked about this play. It was a third and short with a, a run to Najee Harris, and you could see from the from the from the end zone view that the Dolphins knew exactly what the Steelers were going to do because their personnel and their formation. They knew exactly what the Steelers were going to do. You know what the Steelers did? They exactly. Did yeah. They completely stacked one side of the line of scrimmage. Had way too many defenders there to even be successful, and the Steelers ran it anyway. And then the question was, should Kenny check out of that play? And Coach Tom's answer, well, we were running with pace in that situation, and that was the weapon we were trying to use. Well, then that was a bad choice. I don't care if you're trying to go fast. If the other team puts all 11 guys right where you're going to run the ball, would you really want your – and maybe they took it away from Kenny in that thing, said, hey, get to the line, run this play no matter what. Don't do that because when you go to run the play, everyone's seen you do it. It's kind of like – when I was when when I was helping with the varsity team, the only time we would run a certain motion was to use the wide receiver to try to seal a block to run a sweep that way. Well, when you use that motion, and that's the only thing you ever use it for is to run a sweep. Guess what teams know every time you go in that motion? Here comes Guess the what they sweep, 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 and they just start. Everyone just starts running to that side, and you're still running a sweep. That should not happen in the NFL. That should not happen in the NFL. And, and, and that's just – sorry, i got to get the Super Chat before I lose it. Get it. Lisa Purdy, $4.99 in the tip jar. And he's exactly right, in my opinion. The Steelers will be fine. All the elite teams had years like this. We're a young team finding our way, and we have a great foundation growing pains. There's still a lot of stuff that's missing from this team. Um, I still think if something happens where the offense actually starts to get it, including including the scheme, play calling, and execution, and all the players coming together, there's you could see a different team from the Steelers. In, I mean, it could be as early as this week if they just do it. But you just don't know that they will. You just don't know that that's all going to all come together. That's a little bit frustrating. Um, the the, the frustrating part part right now is that we are two and five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you look at it, we just as easily right now with a little more, with just a little better play here and there, and some maybe better plays and play calling could be five and two. Yeah. And also, one other thing doesn't go the Steelers' way. They're zero and seven. Correct. Like, that's how fragile and delicate it is. That's how that thin really is. The line is that's, that they're walking on right. That's now. the thin line. And the fact that they've got two of those wins actually isn't terrible because they could have had none. But what's frustrating is that they could have had another, at least another three, if not four. Yep. Um, this was something I just saw because it was above the super chat, and I want to bring it up here. I'm going to talk about this on Stat Geek a little bit more in depth with some numbers. But Wes says I don't understand the Steelers aren't the only teams doing it. Why go long on third and two or three um, in your deep in your own territory? Okay, here's why. I've, I've brought it up before, but the Steelers. Now this doesn't include last night's game. I'll go back and include last night's game when I actually update these numbers. But I was looking. On third and four or less, the Steelers have thrown the ball 15 yards or longer six times this year, according to Pro Football Reference. They are one of three teams that have thrown it that much, and then a number of teams that have done it five times. So the Steelers aren't – Wes is right. They're not the only ones doing it. I don't understand the philosophy. The philosophy is this, and this is like, oh, Tim Benz drives me nuts. Always wants to talk about throwing short of sticks, throwing short of the sticks, throwing short of sticks. Okay. It's it, 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 when the defense is set up and defending a very small zone, 
a lot of times you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to throw short of that zone and try to break through it? Or are you going to try to throw over that zone? And the throwing it deep is the throwing over that zone. Because if you come up and defend the sticks and you're really defending the sticks, you're leaving yourself weaker on the back end and take the shot. The problem is the Steelers in those six plays have only complete, completed three passes. Or sorry, two passes. One was Trubisky and one was Pickett. They're both one for three on those. So that's the problem is that you don't always complete them. But the thing is, you it's just like you don't want to go up and run that play with Najee Harris when they stack the defense all in that one spot. Don't run where there's a bunch of defenders. It's kind of like don't throw the ball where there's a bunch of defenders in the secondary. They're defending the sticks. So you're either – a lot of times you're going to have to throw it short or throw it well beyond it or have someone like an Antonio Brown that even though the defense was there and defending it, he still got open and you could get him the ball. Yeah. That's what made him so great. Honestly, yeah. that's what made him it so is. great. So that's the philosophy behind it. I know. But I, would you rather them throw throw it deep or throw it short? Because a lot of times right where, you know, throwing it at the sticks is you're going to have to make them a, 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 even a more difficult play just because of the defense. My issue with throwing it short is that minus that one play to Claypool, it's always routes that are run yeah. to have to catch the ball stopped mm -hmm. and then figure out how to gain more yards. Yeah. Not catch the ball moving towards the line to gain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We both kind of just kind of ran it a lot about the We haven't even talked about it. the Steelers are playing the last undefeated team in the NFL now. And they okay. haven't, they haven't won in Philadelphia since I think it's 1965. It's, it's that I can tell, I can tell you this right now. Okay. Yeah. A little foreshadowing going on here to, to, to my pick coming up in a little bit. Okay. I will not pick the Steelers to win again this year until they win at least two games in a row. <laughs> okay. I will not pick the Steelers to I'm win not... again this year until they win at least two games in okay. a row. Because I, I don't trust them right now is the biggest thing. I don't trust what yeah. I see. I started to trust what I saw after they played Tampa, and then I didn't get that against Miami. I mean, and that the beginning of that Miami game, it just felt like it was going to be Buffalo all over again. And then it wasn't. And then it wasn't. Yeah. And it was right there. And I mean, I even I'm sitting there watching the game, even when they got the ball back again and they're and and they're and they're trying to push it. I'm just like, I don't have the trust that they could do it. I really don't, because they haven't shown us that. It's the it's the post Ben Roethlisberger effect. Honestly, and I'll and I'll tell you this part of what I didn't trust. And this is part of what I, when we get in the red zone anymore, I don't trust that we have a play that can score us a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, if I you're mean, like, hey. to, to score the touchdown we scored in that game, it took an amazing throw and an amazing catch yeah. by George Pickens to get us the one touchdown we got in that yeah. game. You're right. The, the red zone offense, you wonder why wide receivers aren't getting touchdowns because they don't have a very good offensive scheme to give them a touchdown when you're in the red zone. You're, you'd be, there's, there's a lot lacking there, and it's so easy to put all the blame on Canada, and I'll tell you this. It either is all him or mostly him, but there might be some other factors involved. You just got to remember another that. one because I because I got to watching something this week. I was on YouTube cruising around, mm -hmm. I was watching some of Ben Roethlisberger's top plays. Okay, mm -hmm. and there were two in there in particular that stood out to me, mm -hmm. and they were both throws to Juju Smith Schuster, Juju's rookie year. Mm. One of them was a ninety-seven yard touchdown. Yeah, and the other one was also a very long touchdown. Mm -hmm. Do you know what was most impressive about those long touchdowns by that wide receiver? He's not all that fast, but he caught the ball on the run. Caught the ball on the run. Yeah. We we do not have plays for our receivers to catch the ball on the run. I, I, I The more I and see it, the more Deontay's, I don't think it's part of the philosophy. That's why Deontay's yards have gone way down. Yeah. Because but honestly, he's not that's even where, great. Yeah. And again, he's not fast. You know, he's not going to outrun everybody in, you know, in the NFL, 
but hmm. let him catch it in space on the run, and he's and he'll get he'll get some yards for you. Doesn't he, mean he's going to bust it. For us because yeah. I consider Deontay to be extremely shifty. Yeah, he's okay? a skedaddler. <laughs> a, a guy that is shifty needs the ball while he's on the move. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Otherwise, well, was, shi- yeah. otherwise, you can't put that shiftiness to work. I was going to say this after people put their scores out there, but I'm going to say it now because you said about picking the Steelers and not going to pick them until they win two in a row. When it comes to this game and this, you know, I don't think that, how do I say it? Philly's the last undefeated team in the NFL, but I don't think they're the best team left. No. The best team out there. I don't. So it's one of those things. Law, like when the Steelers were winning all those games in 2020. Um, it's not that this team can't be beat. They've done a great job of taking care of the football and forcing turnovers. They're plus 12. They've only turned it over twice. They have 14 takeaways. You're going to win games when you do that. Offensively, they're playing to their players' yeah. strengths. They but really yeah. are. And they've got a great defensive front that's very deep. The The thing is, and that's kind of what you've got to realize with the steel, you know, with the Steelers. And someone said, it might have even been West that said that earlier. Is it if 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 you're if you're depending on takeaways to win you games, then you're going to be let down a lot because you can't. It's not always going to work out that way, and that could happen with Philly. But I don't. But I don't know if the Steelers are the team that can actually do that against them. But what I'm going to say, when it really comes to this week, Steelers are they were 11 point, then it was 10 and a half point underdogs. They're in Philly and all that other stuff. It would be crazy to pick the Steelers right now. So I know people are still going to do it, and that's okay. But I'm also not saying that it's crazy to think that they're not that they can't win this game. They can, they can. I. It's just they have to bring these things together, and their fragile offense has to not be so fragile. So. Rich, we, we got to get moving. We're really running late here. So what, why don't you go ahead and give me your your score for the game, and then we'll yep. bring the scores up here um, in the live chat after I actually put it we'll in there. Get, we'll get it ready because yeah. this is going to be quick and easy. Okay. All right. Eagles 31, Steelers 17. 31. Do you think the Steelers can score 17 points? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, when they're down – 31 to okay, 10 okay. and <laughs> yeah. ball back okay. with five minutes to play. Would, that, would, that would start to be, you know, if they could go over 20 points, that would really be something. I'm bringing, I'm bringing it up for people to do the scores now. Yep. Okay. Uh-oh, wait a second. We might not have to. I've got a visitor. Come here. Come on. Come on, girl. You come on up here. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah. Good. You do that. <laughs> you can bring up scores. She couldn't stand it. There you go, Pop. There you go. Say right. bye, Skywalker. <laughs> George Tesson, okay. Steelers, 23-19. Okay. We have a 23 Oh, sorry. 23-19! 23-19! <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that every time, too. Uh, All right. Thomas Riley, 44-10 Eagles. Ooh, yeah. All right. Um, pick it up because my mouse doesn't work the greatest. Wow. You know what's crazy? You guys were ready because on our screen, yes. when we when we type it up, it goes out to both YouTube and Facebook. You all were so ready that in the time that it went out to YouTube and then Facebook, two scores came in in between yes. were our own message. That's pretty impressive. You guys are ready to go. Okay. Evan Gow, 17 to 10, Eagles. Uh, Steel Dog 88, 24-23, Steelers. He says he'll be there. I think Felicia said she's going to be there, too. Okay. Brian Brown, he still has got faith, 17-16, Steelers. You know, in other words, the question, the score that it should have been on Sunday night. Sorry. Um, Steeler Chick 46, Philly 28, Pittsburgh 21. Um, Mark Malone, Eagles 45-3. See, I don't know that it's going to be that bad. I think the Steelers can play with anybody except maybe the Bills and the Chiefs, you know. But actually coming through and completing the game to get the win is the whole other thing. See, West thinks it's going to be bad, too. He says 45-13. I don't think the defense is going to be that bad. That's my thing. I don't think the Steelers' defense is going to, is going to be that bad. Although, I, 
the podcast I said earlier, they're all already talking about the strength of the Eagles offense is attacking over the middle and those linebackers defending the pass in the middle of the field, which is, I think, what scares Steelers fans a lot with their defense. Well, but, uh, but let me yeah. say this too. In my score, I won't be surprised if there's a defensive yeah. touchdown in yeah. there too. Yeah. Oh, and Wes's score was Eagles. He said it later. I just clicked on the wrong one. Sorry, Wes. But that was 45 13 Eagles. Okay. Uh, Knight Rider 16 says 34 13 Eagles. Okay. Because see, there was Wes's that said the Eagles won. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Mean Joe says 27-6 Eagles. Um, uh, uh, Frosty the Bear has the Steelers breaking 20 with 27-13 over the Eagles. Kathy's got 27-24 Steelers. Kathy, Kathy is 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 our is our Jeff Hartman in the in in, in the chat. She's gonna go with the Steelers every time, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I really don't. No. Okay. I and, but wish people I that pick go. the Steelers even know that it's crazy and it's not likely. I wish, but they're, I could go they're going the with what they know could happen. Okay. So. Uh, let's see. Here we are. State of the Steelers, twenty to thirteen. Steelers. Okay. Um, um, outside Steelers fans says good guys ten, Eagles fifty five. <laughs> so um, uh, Richard Adamson says Steelers twenty seven twenty four. Steelers fan says. <laughs> Cor- corgi uh the, actually my, my dog is an augie it's an australian shepherd mixed with a corgi so it's a basically a corgi without short legs it's uh, she's actually pretty awesome um corgi 100 steelers zero um um dion eaton uh, is that eaton did i say that right yeah, yeah. um man i need new glasses uh eagles 35 steelers 20 you click uh, them up then i'll read them Okay. Uh, no, I got this one. Okay. Turkey show. I want to <laughs> say that one. 54 to three Steelers. That's having the faith. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Rich. Dennis Povlak, Eagles 27, Steelers 13. Okay. Uh, Reginald Rivers, 27, 10 Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm running out of them. Yeah, that figures. I am. Look at that. All that. Okay, here we go. Here's one. Uh... Lawrence Weaver, Eagles, fifty-five to six. I hate picking yeah. against. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, I I know too. And I mean, it is frustrating because right now it's that it's not that the Steelers can't win games; it's that they aren't. Does that make any sense? <laughs> it's not that they can't win the games; they had the opportunity to win that game. That de- the defense. The opportunity when that Anything game, short the opportunity of the pick six, game, they wanted for them. Yeah, just they they put themselves in a position and don't do it. Yeah, That's, yeah, that hurts. I'll be honest with you: if the Steelers win the turnover battle, I believe they can win this game. Okay. I just don't believe that they're going to win the turnover battle. Okay. You know, and but, and I say that, but now I've got it. Now I'm going to even walk that back. If the Steelers win the turnover battle, I feel that they can win this game. The only problem is if the only reason they 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 win the turnover battle is that they go even more ultra conservative on offense to not turn the ball over to where they can't even get across midfield, which is what my biggest fear. I'll be all out of game. Miss Sherry, bring up Sherry's. Got it. Sherry Richards, Eagles 24, Steelers 13. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Hey, I actually get this game on TV. Hey, there's a good one. Well, think about this the the ugly purple team plays Thursday night. Yep. And the two putrid brown and orange and black or whatever they are from that disgusting state, they play each other on Sunday night. So there's no other AFC North game. And if I'm getting a station out of Baltimore, that's not very far from Philly. So therefore, guess what they're going to have? AFC North versus somewhere close geographically. You get to sit in your basement and watch this game. I get to And it won't be dark outside. There you go. (laughs) Because all the other ones have been. And I won't have to be up until 3 or 4 in the morning afterwards. It's going to be nice. Well, I did get to watch. Well, I mean, I watched the second quarter on. The second through the third. Second, third quarter of the Buffalo game. But by the time I sat on my couch to watch it, it might have been light outside, but the game was over. I mean, they were still playing, but it was over. Um, that, that game was yeah. over like yeah, 
10 minutes Fast. of watch time yep. in. So, even, you know. M. Marcus 39 has 17, 14 Steelers. They could pull off a game like that. that they that, could. Right. That they could pull off. And actually, you know, she, I, I could really honestly in the end see Sherry Richards score that she had, the, the Eagles 24, Steelers 13. Mm-hmm. I, I could honestly see that being being the score of the game. Um. I brought said to make sure you bring up Sherry's score. I already have my score written down for Thursday, but uh, I definitely wanted to see Sherry's score go up there on the screen, if you know what I mean. Um, and we also have got um, Fearful, 33-27 Steelers. Yep. Okay. It's, I still have faith that, that they can do it. It's just I want to see them actually come through. We've seen this story too much this year. They had the opportunities to win other games. I, I mean, could you imagine – if the Steelers defense was playing against the Jets like they did against the Dolphins in the second half. Yeah. I mean, right. That was the where it didn't get put to didn't get all put together where the defense couldn't hold the 10 point lead. You know, you didn't have to worry about the defense holding the lead. They never got a lead, but you know what they did? They held every time. Still don't know why the Dolphins didn't kick that field goal. goal yeah, that was on their first possession. Pretty stupid i think they were trying to go for the dagger but all they did was let the steelers the, no they're their their coach first of all look at by the way did you see the pittsburgh dad episode uh, oh yeah i did where he, where he, oh, yeah. he said who's this guy brady smurf you know <laughs> yeah when he said brady smurf i'm like oh my goodness that right. i and he 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 played the analytics too much where yeah. it was only increased their chance of winning 1.4 percent if they kicked the field goal yeah Okay, he read into the numbers too much and didn't go like with a his gut. Three. He should have gone with his gut yeah. that said you kicked the field goal now because honestly, that means they got to score twice. Yeah. So, yep, I, I agree. Well, we've got to wrap up. We've run yep. over again. We do it every week now. I'm sorry. They you all us. probably enjoy it. We enjoy it. We don't want to stop, but we got to do what we got to do around here. Um, so, it's. You all were great. Sorry that I, I didn't pay as much attention to you as I went on my rants. I love this team. I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to see them do better. Um, I just I want to see some more creativity on the offensive side. If the Steelers can tighten it up on the defense like they did in that game, why can't they tighten it up on the offense? And don't tell me it's because they have a rookie quarterback. They 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 could do more. And you know what? I would rather the Steelers lose with Kenny Pickett throwing five interceptions because you're going for it than for them to lose with Kenny Pickett throwing none but an offense that you don't believe can do anything. Let me tell you, you know. <laughs> That's my final thought. Rich, Oh, make sure you listen to all our podcasts and check out the go. website. Rich, okay. you tell us your final thoughts. Final thoughts are, are this. You know, I love the Steelers, and, and I'll never miss a game. Um, I sat through those, those some of those awful games in the 80s. I will sit through just about anything and watch the Steelers play football. I'm sorry, but right now I'm just not trusting you yet, Steelers. I'm sorry. I want to. It's in here, but I just can't let it out right now. Come Sunday, you get your chance to start me back on that right track. Get that first one before you can get the second one so that I can start going back and saying, okay, I can start picking the Steelers to win games. Sunday's when it starts. Can't wait.